Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 11 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. Each, during each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We are very glad you're joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and one-on-one -on -one coaching to independent writers, creative and solo professionals, and very small business owners. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can <coughs> access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking. In partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Good to be here again. Great, great. Well, this is June, and June is Black Music Month. Black Music Appreciation Month. Black Music Appreciation Month. Okay. There's so many things happening in June. Later this month, of course, is Juneteenth, and we're going to have a podcast about that in a couple of weeks. And a lot of other things are happening in June, period, are happening in politics, but we'll get to that during the week. <laughs> right now, for the podcast, we want, to we want to talk about Black Music Appreciation Month, uh, because sometimes that gets lost with everything else going on in June. And so since Keith is a musician in the family, <laughs> mostly this is going to be his podcast. So take it away, Keith. <laughs> well, I wanted to start with a quote uh, uh, from Dizzy Gillespie, one of the uh, fathers of uh, bebop, along with Charlie Parker. And he, there's a quote that I got of his in the Carnegie Hall website about, about the black music, actually, not just jazz. And what he says is, a student of our music, if he goes back far enough, will find that the main source of our music is the music of Africa. The music of the Western Hemisphere is primarily of African origin. And what he's pointing out, as is pointed out in that article and in many, many articles, is that so much of the music that all of us, all of us listen to today can be traced back to Africa, coming from, coming through to uh, these shores via the slaves. And whether the enslaved people, enslaved people, you know, and I think when you're talking about rock and roll is, is an obvious one. And when you trace it, trace that back to, to you know, Chuck Berry and Little Richard, it's an African, African people. But one of the few classical probably that does, does not classical is probably is European in origin. But when you talk about even uh, country music, which is funny, country really, although some of the origins of country music come from Ireland. In right. Ireland, and it's funny. I talked with a friend of mine. Just a quick aside: uh, when I, he took me to hear a very good country band, Irish music, actually, and I and I, we were in Florida, of all places, and I was listening to us. That sounds like country music. He says, "Yeah, hill music came really from Ireland." Then you start tracing that back to where many of those people came from. But, but without getting too far aside about all the music, but much of the popular music that you listen to today, uh, pop, obviously, rap. Uh, blues, jazz, rock, so much of the music that when people listen to can be traced back to African music. And that, and, but it, as Pam mentioned before, there is not enough appreciation of that fact, not just because so many, music is such a good thing that we love music and most people like have some band or some tune that they like the most, but also the impact that music has 
on Amer- on American culture, period. Right. Um, I mean, you look at just, we can narrow it down to where we live here in Detroit. Uh, Detroit, I've always said, and I believe it's indisputable, Detroit really currently in modern times is the music capital of the world. And not just the jazz capital, not just any Motown. other, you know, not, not just Motown, right? But music, when you look at, obviously Detroit is known best for Motown, Primarily, and for good reason. Barry Gordy created a world-changing, a world, a world-changing thing when he created Motown, and they they did with music almost what Ford did with cars. Exactly. I mean, they just it was like a, a assembly line they created, but that doesn't that sound like it's diminishing it, but it's not. They packaged their acts, and so that you had well-polished, well present, very presentable, uh, extraordinary musicianship presentation packaged and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And and they and that was a wonderful thing. So Detroit is known for Motown. But Detroit, if amongst particular, particularly amongst musicians, is known for musicians. Period. Right. I mean, many of the best musicians that came out. When you look at their background, they either came through Detroit or they're from Detroit. And the name, the list is too long to uh, is too long to name. But there's the history, the roots of jazz musicians, many blues musicians. Although primarily with blues, you're looking at Mississippi. For the southern, for the, the southern blues, I should say, for the what do you call acoustic, you know, blues, early blues, um, and they originated there in, in the Delta. Northern blues really came more out of Chicago, but we still had a number of good blues acts. What about uh, St. Louis? Uh, St. Louis, right? But before, but that's, but still, but the northern was really more Chicago. Okay. Had Muddy Waters really hit that there, and Buddy Guy. But then when you have also, you have, like I said, uh, rock, many big rock acts came out of, De- out of Detroit, Detroit area. Although I am no fan of his at all, personally, uh, Ted Nugent is a huge one. Also, Alice Cooper is a big rock act. The MC5 uh, came out of Detroit. Uh, many, many more came out of Jack Detroit. Jack White. Jack, oh yeah, absolutely, Jack mm-hmm. White. There's also... And of course, Eminem. Eminem, Eminem. Right, when you get to rap, Eminem. Right. And it'll come to me, because I don't I don't know much about rap, but I know one, one rap guy who everybody... Big Sean? No, not Big Sean is obviously the other mm-hmm. one, but there's another one. Everybody, he really changed the act, and Eminem talks about his influence. Okay. And his name, so it'll come back to me, but there, he's he's very, very big. And then, of course, when you talk about gospel, mm-hmm. uh, here's your gospel. Of course, we've got Aretha Franklin, came from Detroit, and her father, <laughs> your Reverend C.L. Franklin. And and so many huge gospel acts came out of Detroit. And, and, and once again, when you look at the impact that this music had, on on the culture of all culture, you know, mm-hmm. not just black culture, American culture. You know, you're having an impact when everybody tries to steal your stuff. Right. You know, nobody right. wants to steal something they don't want. Right. And you and you have everything from Pat Boone doing "Good Golly, Miss Molly" mm-hmm. and and to Elvis, many, yeah, Elvis, who blue suede shoes, blue suede shoes, and also uh, Big Mama Thornton. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. many I think was that was it wasn't blue suede shoes, but it was another two. Uh, uh, hound dog, right? Hound right. dog. And you ain't nothing but a hound dog. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. That was Big Mama. Thornton, who also an early pioneer of rock guitar. Right, exactly. Um, and so you have, but so often, but because people don't want to see our face or our skin, I should say, they take it and they try to make it palatable for them. Right. And then, and that, so that happens, but what happens is the music oftentimes is either they're not able to take it, you know, or the, even their own kids, the young white kids don't want it that way. Right. The young white kids who consider themselves purists, they're met as a matter of fact with blues, with the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones are the one, are largely responsible, largely responsible 
much of the attention that was given to Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Water. Right. And really gave their, the, gave their, the, props. their props, gave the props to the black influence of their music. Of the music, right. And they, they really did. They, they, and, which was, and the Beatles did too. And the Beatles did. But the Rolling Stones, the Rolling Stones really. was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. You could really let everybody know this is where we got it from. Right. And wanted people to know this is where the other mm-hmm. bands, I'm a big fan of Led Zeppelin, but unfortunately they did not give the props that they should have for right. something like that. But, but most of the big acts, because they knew this is where the music came from. Right. And, 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 and before we go back to the right. history in the in the 19th century, I always laugh when I see shoot her name just her name just just left me. Okay. When the Jackson Five were very very popular in the late 60s, early 70s, and not only black girls were going crazy, but white girls were going crazy. Oh, about, Anna Ross? No 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 oh, no no no. Because no, no. Andy Andy somebody oh goodness his name is is, is uh, escaping me. Mm. But they came up with oh my gosh she she, she does a commercial for. For a diet thing, for a Nutrisystem now. Marie, Os- the Osmonds, that's who oh, it is. Yeah, the Marie Osmonds, oh, yeah. Sure, yeah, sure. yeah. So uh, Andy Williams. Andy yeah, Williams right, was right, the one right. who introduced the Osmonds and the Osmond brothers specifically before Marie Osmond came up. And they did that specifically because they wanted to counter the Jackson Five. Exactly. They exactly. did that on purpose, brought these, you know, brought these white Christian, yeah. well, they're actually Mormon, but yeah. white. Wholesome. That's what Wholesome I'm looking, what that, that's what I'm looking right. for. Uh, because they did not like the white girls screaming over the Jackson Five, and and they were, that was done specifically. And so when right. we come back to um, the 60s and 70s, but we need to go back to the 19th century. Mm-hmm. The 19th century and the music that the enslaved people brought, starting with the drums, right. and then going on to the spirituals. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, the, the the music. There, there's such a, a rich history of of that music, as Pam said when you talk about. The enslaved people who brought their music over uh, from Africa, and and as we know, music is a form of, of communication. Right. But also, it was a, it was a very serious mode of communication mm-hmm. during enslaved time because it was the way many slaves were able to communicate with each other. On uh, whether if Harriet Tubman was coming, then they were able to let people know through the music, through right. the drum, you know, through what they were singing, because the uh, the the slave master had no idea what those lyrics were. Right. So if they were saying you know, the night train's coming or the river, the river's flowing, they think it's just river flowing. What that mm-hmm. means is she's coming by the river. Right. <laughs> you exactly. know, she's coming by the mm-hmm. river. If she's coming by this way, come you know, come by here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come by here means come by here. Right. So there was, but so they used their lyrics. For freedom, basically, for uh, and all obviously, much much of the focus is talked. People focus on the music in terms of keeping keeping your sanity, mm-hmm. um, which is well, which is is true. You're able to sing, but I'm careful with that because there's so much focus in terms of even with church. In terms of times are so hard, so you just sing your troubles away, right? And that's not what that's about. It it, it helps. It's there, but it really is music has really played a, a part, as Pam said, during the enslaved time, enslavement time for for freedom, for liberation. Right. And then as slavery faded, not faded away, was the slavery was done away with through civil war. But there was still there were always the messages in the music, right? Know, about right, that, right. but that, but going back to the, to that time, that exactly that's what it was. The history of the the history of the music, and also music. Was was used even earlier than that as part of warfare. Right. You know, many, mm-hmm. many uh, groups, if they went to war with other groups, the songs they were playing were used to spark fear right. in the other group. Right. You know, so certain ways, the way, what they were wearing, the dances that they had. Maori from New Zealand. Mom, right? Thank you. Maori. Yeah. Now, yes, that's yes, the, yes. Samoans, the yes. Maori, right. From Maori New from, from New, New Zealand. Zealand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and very fierce, very fierce people. And their music was used in that way for what they, for, for those means. 
And so as as time passed, obviously there things began to change when you get up to blues and and blues was interesting because you go back to one of the earliest blues of course is is, is W C Handy. Right. Um, there's I believe it was, it was a 1912. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's your, uh, and have it here. This is also from the current. But your 1912. It says your trumpeter W C Handy, who earned the sobriquet Father of the Blues, publishes the seat music for Memphis blues, which he called a Southern rag. And then two years later, he penned the classic St. Louis blues. Right. And um, so when he says a Southern rag, did ragtime come before this? That's a good. I, be, I believe so. Because Scott Joplin, Scott, Scott Joplin, and ragtime. Yeah, Scott Joplin mm-hmm. and ragtime came. So I believe. I believe that's a good question. I mm-hmm. have to see if, which came first. Was blues? I I tend to think maybe blues came first. Actually, because I, I thought I thought Scott, rag, Scott Joplin and ragtime was right after the turn of the century. Yeah, because that was in, in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and then they're both yeah yeah because they both came up. They both came out of that New Orleans thing, right? You right. Know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then New Orleans, but see, New Orleans was more. One of the birthplaces of jazz. Uh, Mississippi was the blues. Right, right. Um, so I would. So that's why I would say I, I have to like I say again. I have to go check. So, but reason why I would say ragtime might have been later because jazz came after the blues. Mm-hmm. You know the blues. Oh yeah, yeah. Because the blues hit New Orleans. And then you had uh, Louis Armstrong mm-hmm. or well, W.C. Handy first, and that's where you had more of the jazz influence. Right, they, right. There were a, a lot of very highly trained right, musicians right, in, right. Uh, in New Orleans that you didn't have in Mississippi. Right, right. Um, you know, and so that's where you had that. And that kind of music, it, it defines so mm-hmm. much. And when you look at the, op, when I talk about the effect on the culture, mm-hmm. even small things, you're looking at now commercials. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, commercials and the amount of money that gets made. And mm-hmm. I think that that's one thing that many artists have all, for such a long time, black artists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have drawn attention to is the amount of money they make for corporations. Right, S- right. Similarly, as many uh, football athletes talk about, are in college, talk mm-hmm. about they're, they're the ones down there sweating and they're not making any money. Right. The same thing with the musicians. You look at what they would, they would make these albums and CDs would be selling $15, $20 mm-hmm. and they get maybe three, four cents right, per CD. Right. So you, and again, that's because that's the effect on the culture. You have the, the, the black people who made the music, who created the art mm-hmm. form, but then they were never running the companies. Right, right. The, the companies that, that came and said, wait a minute, people really want mm-hmm. this. So they came, built a company around it, and then made all the profit from it. Right. And in a way, it's a perpetuation of slavery. Mm-hmm. Is that whatever, whenever black people, it's black labor. Right. It's still labor. It's music, mm-hmm. uh, it's art, but it's still another group of people uh, perpetuating that whatever you do, we will own. Right, right, <laughs> you right. Know, that you will, ne- you don't have the right to your own lives. And then also, which is uh, interesting, I'll wrap this part up just for a minute. But it's also very interesting that when you talk about you know, rap, and mm-hmm. much of the a lot of focus on some rap is in terms of sometimes the lyrics get very harsh mm-hmm. and very dirty. But you got to remember, rap. Although I'm not a, I, I don't know a lot about rap, and so I'm not, a, I can't give history of rap. But I can say. That what rap says much more graphically mm-hmm. in terms of that blues and other forms are just more poetic. Right. They say right. some of the same things. Right. You know, and I think also it's not fair to target rap and, and just for those lyrics because number one, if you look back, what well, rap didn't start that way. Right. Rap right. started as, in my, in me, what started as I read this in, in this thing you'd sent me, but there was competition. 
Right. You know, you know, because many there there was it was it was a performance art. So many people, you know, so many artists compete against each other with the beats, and then you could you know basically spit the rhymes mm-hmm. as fast as they could. Mm-hmm. But there was also the protest part because right. we listened to a lot of a lot of rap lyrics before Public Enemy. There were there were many who who spoke out very much about what was going on in the neighborhood. Right. They were right. the truth tellers in the neighborhood, and what and often and what happened in too many, in some instances was they. The big companies once again say, "Okay, we this is not what we want." So they rewarded the ones who were being more filthy, right? Yeah, right. because they said because they, they could make money out. Right. Yeah, but they, they didn't want to hype the ones who were talking about what was the oppression, was. right? Right. And so and so once again, they were steering the direction mm-hmm. of the music that wasn't you know wasn't created. Uh, mm-hmm. But but the the interesting thing is, just as in so many other instances. Even when, just as what happened with Pat Boone, the good news, you try to focus on some of the, the, the good news part of it, mm-hmm. is that as, as hard as, as much of the white power structure has tried to rip off black, and they've succeeded in money wise mm-hmm. and otherwise, but people don't remember Pat Boone, but they remember Little Richard. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> you know, they, they people forgot about the Osmonds, but they definitely didn't forget about Michael Jackson and the Jackson. Right, 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 Again, right. So they've thrown these things at them trying to change it. Mm-hmm. They try to, you know, tear down Jimmy Hendrix. There's mm-hmm. so many others, but they have not been able to do that. Right, right. <laughs> when they try to shut down Oh, they try to shut down rap for a long mm-hmm. time, or try to put somebody white ahead of it, um, vanilla, <laughs> vanilla ice. Mm-hmm. Except, but they have not been able to right, do that. Right, right, right. And, and so to go back, yeah, because I'm yeah. Keith's musician, I'm the historian <laughs> of the family. Scott Joplin and yep. Ragtime was at the very beginning of the. Of okay. The, yeah, okay. he he published he publishes most um, famous one, the Maple Leaf Rag, in 1899. That's it. Okay. Got in 1899. Right, right, so right. I, I was I was sure that Rag was first, right. but then it it evolved into jazz. Scott Joplin considered Rag. To be part, right. to be more classical music. Yeah, it was he? He, yeah. he and yeah. and um, but then after his death, he died at age forty-eight. Right, I remember. And, that. and after <clears throat> you don't remember, you remember hearing. About I remember hearing. About it. <laughs> right, 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 um, right. But he, yeah. But so after his death, it was sort of the the end of the ragtime era. Mm-hmm. But and it and so ragtime eventually evolved into jazz and and big band swing together but, with blues. It must be. Well, well no, no. Well, it, was, it was. It was. It was. It evolved into. Big band swing by itself, said, okay. but then it and it kind of stayed in the background right. until that movie, the the Sting in 1973, and right. that and that's when the, um, they brought back the uh, Marvin Hamlish played played uh, the piano and right. he played the entertainer. Oh yeah, right, which, you know, yeah and right. so then all of a sudden people were um, interested in ragtime music again. Or knew more about it. Right, yeah, or, right. or found out more about it. Right. It was the, ori- the the first written compositions were by Scott Joplin oh, yeah. in yeah. 1899. So it wasn't even the 20th century right. yet. And right. so then blues came after that and right. jazz. But mm-hmm. so so to go back to blues, talking about a blues like Bessie Smith in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, Bessie Smith, and before that, Robert Johnson. Right, yeah, right. Because Robert Johnson, was, was he before Miss, Mississippi. But wasn't he more in the thirties? Thirties or twenties? Yeah, because mm-hmm, I because mm-hmm. they traced some of the earliest ones back to Robert Johnson. Right, you know, right, right. Um, before and 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 again, when you look at because um, they only have that one known photo. Right, you know, right, Robert right. Johnson. Uh, with him with a cigarette in his mouth and the guitar, but I mm-hmm. think that, but like I said, that's the that's what they call the more country 
Right, right, right. Because the, mm-hmm. when you start, yeah, he was in the thirties. In the thirties, right? Because mm-hmm, Scott, mm-hmm. Scott Joplin and others like that, they were more trained. Right, right, and right. And the New Orleans musicians were were, were well trained. Right, very right, often. right. And that was not the case in Mississippi, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. in the South. And so that was a, a definite. There's a definite difference there. Mm-hmm. And like, and and so I think you had that once you get to New Orleans, mm-hmm. and that's why it has it has a, such an interesting musical culture because you have that mixture of the like I said ragtime. And the and then the and the and the jazz, but mm-hmm. then the blues come because the blues changes there. Right, you know, right, that's right. That's when it gets more complicated. And but yeah, because it all it, well, I shouldn't say it all intertwined. But Robert Johnson was another one who died very. He, almost, very he was, oh, he was only like twenty seven or yeah, something like that yeah, when he died. But he's he, he's he's the master of the Delta blues. Delta, yeah, the, the Delta, Delta blues. Right. But he, but he was most famous in the thirties. Yeah, Bessie Smith was in the twenties. Right, okay, right. So we're looking at the way that it evolved as again as musical for for. Black music, but then white audiences enjoying black music, right. but but then wanting to profit off of it without paying. Right, and Bessie was fierce. Too. Bessie was Bessie very was fierce. Yes. I mean, that was the because, and unfortunately, not there's a little bit we know about Robert Johnson, mm-hmm. from, but we actually know more about Bessie Smith. Right, right, ways, right, you know? right. And the one thing about Bessie is Bessie was a fierce uh, uh, business person. Right, right, you right. Know, she did not. She was basically telling the white people what she would and would not do. Exactly. And what exactly. would happen with the music, what wouldn't happen, where she would play, where she would not mm-hmm. play. And she, she was, that movie that was made by her, who was, who's the sister that mm-hmm. played her? Um, uh, Queen Latifah. Queen, Queen Latifah. Oh, that was a, that was great, a great movie. movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and it made that point. This was, um, and she was a lesbian. Mm-hmm, the time. Right. But the thing that made the point is that she did not hide that. You right. Know, that right, was right. Time. You, you didn't just, not like today. Right. I mean, but she just, she didn't hide anything. Right. And nobody dared say anything to her about it. Right. Exactly. And so, exactly. And so that was also a very, a very key. Mm-hmm. Somebody, not, actually not just a black person, mm-hmm. but a black woman. Right. So when you have a black woman telling people <laughs> what she's going to do, telling mm-hmm. white people this is what will happen, what will not happen. Right. That was the same thing as one of, I know one of your heroes in the fashion, who was a woman who, the first black millionaire, the woman, the woman with the house who made... Um, um, oh, 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 you mean, keep going. Yeah, but because mm-hmm. because they're, we'll, we'll, we'll get yeah. the name again. Mm-hmm. But um, but it, again, we're talking about, you know, black females who were, who were you know, pioneered things. Right. Who took, who took, Madam C.J. Walker. Madam C.J. Walker, who took control. Right. You know, who took right. control, who didn't just sell cosmetics, but created the industry and built mm-hmm. became first mm-hmm. female black millionaire. And mm-hmm. I think Bessie had that same spirit. And then, of course, you have... Um, historically, other ones who broke who who broke life because Billy Holiday mm-hmm. who broke, broke through, and th- there's so many. But again, there's the way that they're able to to, to sing when people try and 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 copy it. One of the reasons where why uh, bebop mm-hmm. when they started to play so fast, you know mm-hmm. Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie mm-hmm. and others. But that was that music. This was not the only reason why the music was that this form of music was started. But I believe it was Disney and some others spoke about the fact. But p- part of the reason why this different um, form of music sprung was they were getting tired of, of things being taken from. Them. Right. Because you right. had because big band swing, you have white bands who could take that and they would get all the money. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. You know, oh. and they would get and and as that's not saying some of them weren't good. Big Spider, Becky, some other ones were very excellent musicians. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. the point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. Yeah, you know, I respect him much more than I do like Pat Boone. These guys, they could they could play. Right. But. The white bands got the money, and mm-hmm. oftentimes they could not have black people in the band. Right, right, right. You know, so, yeah, because when they put Billie Holiday as the featured singer right. for an all-white band, that was oh, that was, that that, was a big that, deal. That, that was a big, 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 big deal. Mm-hmm. And so they, they get the money, but then so the black bands of your Duke Ellington, etc., mm-hmm. yeah, who did make they did make good, good, yeah, pretty good yeah. money for that time, but. 
the thing of it is, is that when they were, the, the, with, with uh, what I was saying about Bebop, they created a form that white folks couldn't follow. Right, right, And that was right. part of the reason. They said, look, we have to have somewhere you can't just come right, and lift right, it. Right, right, right. You, you could have somebody lift little Richard, lift mm-hmm. this, just come in and say, okay, let's try this. They couldn't do that. with It was too fast. It was too right. complex. It was too fast. And um, and, and there, sure, there were there were some white musicians who played. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the history like some of my mm-hmm. friends, but I know there's guys like Red Rodney. There's some right, other ones right. who played. But the known... <laughs> Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. that didn't change. Right. You, know, you don't right. have too many incidents of, of white folks lifting right, that. Right, right, know? right. And, um, but it is, it's all, the history of that music is, in addition to the impact that it had on the culture, mm-hmm. it's also been a history of struggle of maintaining our identity. Right. Because right. People, people want to say it's universal, mm-hmm. it's everyone's music. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, always trying to take that label away from women. It's black music. Right. <laughs> and and, and uh, going back to the big band, because there was Cab Calloway, yeah, yeah. there was Duke Ellington, yep. there was. I mean, the, Somebody else. I'm, I'm just. I'm Count just, Basie. Count Basie, right? And they and Cap Calloway in his zoot suits. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh! And oh. so they couldn't. Louis Jordan. Louis. That's who I was thinking about. Louis Jordan. And they had their own style. As a matter of fact, zoot suits were. They tried to outlaw them right. because black men and Mexican men made that their uniform oh, and they yeah. looked so good oh, yeah. enough yeah. and they, they they could wear them and they made up their uniform and I will never forget because when the in the movie Stormy Weather yeah. okay oh, the yeah. Nicholas brothers did yeah, that oh, did, did, did did their famous oh, in one God. take their famous tap dance and Cap was uh, yeah, it was Cap Calloway Cap Calloway yeah. was was leading the band they did that in one take and pe- people forget that that's part of the movie of stormy weather with lena horn right, but right. i'll never forget our reading somewhere fred astaire said oh that was fantastic we don't need your uh, validation <laughs> uh fred astaire the nicholas brothers were the best right. and you, were, have, to see it to yeah, you, have, you have to see it you have to see it and you have to see it I, I saw some people colorize it but it doesn't look right no, in color you have, it, to, it, it, you have to see it in the original black and white yeah. and they did all they did everything with their tuxes on they looked so good the same with the big band they were dressed to the incredible. nines it was, it was incredible. incredible and and cap Calloway had his own signature signature style Yep. And and so then this is in the you know 30s 40s and early 50s again because you you had to have separate you had to have separate black black orchestras yeah but right the Nicholas Brothers would be performing but they just like most of the yeah. other singers at that time they had to go in the back yeah they had to come into the back they couldn't sit and eat with the, re- right. the rest of them but they were the performers right. you know. And and they and they were the absolute best. And Ray Charles. Ray oh Ray Charles and Ray Charles refused. It was he was right. he was booked in that's, Georgia. That's famous. Right, that's and he famous. refused to perform because it was a segregated. And you know who else he did that? He was banned for years. Years. Yes. You know who else did that? The Beatles did that. Yeah. And the Rolling Stones did that. They would not yes. play for segregated audiences. audiences. Right. right. This is a little bit longer than <laughs> because we we really get into it about black music. But we just wanted to remind everybody that uh, with everything else going on in June, that June is. Black Music Appreciation Month. And in America, black music goes all the way back to before the 19th century. Because the minute they brought Africans over here to be enslaved, they brought their drums with them. Mm. They brought their singing with them. They brought the banjos with them. Right. Okay, and so, so figured, but they didn't have it on the boat. They didn't have it on the boat, they, but, but they, they made they, them. They, made they, them, they right. made them, and they made it work from from sixteen nineteen right. <laughs> all the way up until all the way right. up until today. Right. So we want to wish you a happy June, right. a happy Black Music Appreciation Month, and we will talk to you next time. Yep, talk to you next time.